and welcome back to episode 100 of Ignite Your Spark. Yes, that's right. It's been 100 episodes. I can barely believe it. And of course, I have loved every single interview. I have been so fortunate to have found the most inspirational people who teach me something every single time I record an episode. I also want to take a minute to thank each and every one of you, whether you have listened to all 100 episodes, one, two, three, ten. You know, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. And I love hearing from all of you as well. So my goal is to inspire, motivate, and educate you all about ways to increase your vibrancy, to reach your optimal health to reach your optimal goals in life, whatever they may be. And that's why I interview the people I do on this podcast, because they have spoken to me, to my heart, to my soul. And I learn something every single episode. And I hope you do too. There will be some changes coming to Ignite Your Spark. I'm still figuring things out in that arena. I may go down to two episodes a month, or I may take a brief hiatus because it takes a lot of energy and time to produce this podcast. And don't get me wrong, I love it. But I'm still doing some meditating on it to see how I can best serve my community, best serve myself, and best fulfill my own dharma. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you and hear your thoughts But I will be sharing more as I come to a decision on where we will be heading. I do know that I will be taking the month of December off, if not January as well, to do a little reorganization. So thanks for sticking with me. And I hope you all have a magical day and are inspired and motivated by my next guest. So let's get to it. Here is episode 100 of Ignite Your Spark. Welcome back, sparklers, to another episode of Ignite Your Spark. Yes, as usual, I'm Kim Duftel, your host, producer, CFO, chief fun officer of my brand. And today I am bringing you someone who has a very interesting background, and she is Combining science with spirituality. Her name is Holly is a transformational coach, yes, but she had a childhood passion for maps, the environment, technology, and spirituality. And so for 25 years, she had a career as a conservation scientist mapping the Earth's ecosystems with GPS. Truly fascinating. And What made her switch is that she was heartbroken by the state of the planet and had a personal health crisis. And so she set out on a new path of healing and transformation. So she founded Heart Mind Alchemy, and we'll get into that a little bit. And she uses the ancient wisdom with the modern science and harnesses modern technology and neuroscience to empower her clients on their path to being their best selves. What she says is that she guides people out of the muddy waters of the thinking mind 
to live in flow, joyfully and effortlessly from their own inner compass. And it just sounds divine. So thank you, Holly, for joining me here today. Oh, thank you, Kim, so much for inviting me on. And hello to all the listeners out there. Delighted to be here. I'm so happy. I was really intrigued by your bio. And I think because you have done one thing and shifted to another. I'm often thrilled when people do that because what you were doing was a part of your dharma, as it were. And then now you are really living into the full expression, it seems to me, of who you were meant to be. Yeah. Thank you. And that is what you help others do too. It is. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Let's start with well, whatever you want to start with in terms of how you did the transition, or we can go right into the heart alchemy, what you do now. But if you want to share a little bit about how you really made that transition, I think that would be interesting. Sure. I would love to talk about that um, because I think it, I think actually a lot of people relate to having, you know, being in a place where they feel you know, something's really not working in their lives. And for me, I was just really heartbroken, as as you said, by the state of the planet. And I mean, I had by all respects, a dream job, you know, working for the Nature Conservancy. Um, and I was working with wonderful colleagues, but there was, there was a despair that had kind of settled in my heart that I couldn't, couldn't kind of crack that nut. And I realized that I was, like fundamentally unhappy, even though by all accounts externally, like I should be happy. You know, I have a Mm. beautiful little home in the mountains with two, you know, healthy children and, you know, a pretty good marriage. And, you know, it's like, I just, I, I felt like I'd check all the boxes, but something's wrong. Something's off. And, and when I couldn't step away from this fact that I just felt so terrible by what humanity was doing to the environment. And like, I felt like a firefighter trying to run around, put out fires, but there would never be an end to the fires. And Mm -hmm. so how am I supposed to be happy? And I had this sense that, that it was, you know, that this joy is there for us to claim if, if we're willing, but we have to claim it for ourselves. Nobody will give it to us. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's so true that the state of the planet is really devastating right now. So I can imagine how, as a sensitive soul, obviously, that would really weigh upon you. And you decided then to do something that you felt could make a bigger difference by working with people. Is that how it went? I did. I did. I ultimately, you know, realized that. But the the sort of to connect the dots a little bit and build the bridge, the what I ended up doing was going within. And I I started by just geeking out on understanding the brain. This is the neuroscience part. So like, I've got this busy thinking mind that kind of won't stop. And I sense that I want to get more into my heart, but I don't know how. And I don't really know what it means to go in. Um, It just feels like I'm kind of caught in this loop of thinking all the time. And so I started to do some meditation practices and did a course in something called subtle energy meditation and and started to to sit you know for for 30 minutes in an hour and I also started to use tools and technology like this incredible headband called the muse that allows you to hear your brain waves while you're meditating wow yeah and then what it does is if you're 
brain is busy in the beta brainwave state, it, you get a lot of rain. And then as you quiet your mind and the brain quiets, the, the sound, the feedback quiets. So mm-hmm. I actually, for the first time, could get feedback on what a quiet mind sounds like. <laughs> oh my gosh, we all need that. I have no idea. I try, but my mind, you know, they say you have 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. I think I have 700,000 thoughts a day. <laughs> Right. And the mind sort of feels like a black box, doesn't it? Like, how am I supposed to get there? And I had tried meditation, honestly, but I, and I'd been a spiritual person. I'd read all the, you know, a lot of the spiritual books throughout my life, but I'd never really been able to make meditation stick. I'd always, and I finally resigned myself to like, well, my, my walks and runs in the morning are my meditation. Cause I just don't understand how sitting here is going to help. And this little tool, the muse really, um, like I said, it kind of was that on the black box kind of taking it apart and understanding what it means that, you know, when we're thinking in that thinking state, we're in a beta brainwave state and we can actually, what we want to do is get into an alpha and then a theta state. And so this tool is tracking that. So it's giving you feedback as you get into more of an alpha and a theta state amazing, right? (laughs) I've never heard of it. And I've heard of a lot of things. That's really incredible. Are you listening to music while you do it? Are you just sitting in silence? Did you get guided? Did you have a teacher? How did you do that? So you're listening to, you can choose um, different styles of feedback based on what you wanted. I loved, there was a rain, just like either it's raining, which is a busy mind, or it's quiet, which is a calm mind. And they have ocean waves. And I think they may even have some music now, but you know, it, so you can choose. And then, so that was one piece. And then I did start working with a teacher several months later. The way I met my teachers was that they were using this same tool, the Muse, and we were all on Facebook and we were, and we were um, communicating about it and about this tool and they were using it to map brainwaves so that you could see your brainwaves on a graph. And since I'm a scientist, I just thought this was so cool. Like, oh my gosh, I can see my own brain while I'm meditating. And so we started having conversations about it. And then they told me they were teaching a course in meditation and they both had been doing meditation for 40, 50 years. So I was like, yeah, I want to sign up for that course. Um, yeah. And then I started to be honest, Kim, that was like, then I fell down the rabbit hole of like what deep meditation really means and what awakening really means. And, um, all of that. Um, yeah. yeah. And then you decided that you studied it and all of that. And then you decided to help other people do right. the same. It's interesting because, you know, I try, I do my own version of meditation, but I really feel like it's the rare person who can sort of accomplish this on their own. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think teaching it, I mean, I think having a teacher and learning from a teacher is so crucial. Um, yeah. And I had heard another a podcaster say that at one point many years ago. And he just said, if I have one advice for you, it's get a teacher. And I really, I that's my experience. And I really do agree. It's well, very supportive. There are so many teachers out there. And yeah. there's so many things. Like I could be taught every single day. I love learning. I love learning. But, you know, there's also the financial aspect of it. Right. And you just have to pick and choose what yeah. teacher is best for you. 
also talk because I read that you use tuning forks and other perhaps yeah. instruments. Talk a little bit about that. In you know my almost a hundred podcasts, I haven't had anybody talk about tuning forks and the vibration of that and how that assists and why and what. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I would love to tell you and your listeners about that. So, so you know, once we get a quiet, we can kind of start to get a quiet mind. the The next piece of this is this embodied piece. And I discovered this teacher, Eileen McCusick, who pioneered a method called biofield tuning. And the biofield is the scientific word for the aura. So Mm -hmm. there's actually scientific literature now about the biofield and researchers like Beverly Rubrick studying at UCLA, what we, you know, formally called the aura, but it's the energetic field around the body. And that energetic field around the body, it turns out, and Akashic Records readers would would know this, that it contains the vibration of experiences we've had in our life. So if we had a trauma when we were five years old or our birth trauma, it actually is stored as a vibration in our field. Mm. And what's happening is that our body is listening all the time to the field and responding. So a pain or a disease we have in our body actually has a vibrational footprint outside the body in the field. And what Eileen discovered was that a tuning forks in the field can tell the body, can actually tune the body, just like an out-of-tune string can get tuned up to a tuned-in string. Mm -hmm. If I bring a tuning fork into your field, I can tune that out-of-vibration part, the trauma, where the trauma was lodged, and your body will start to listen and it will start to release that stored trauma. It's like super phenomenal and amazing. (laughs) Do you do it virtually now? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I work with people all over the world and it, as a scientist, you know, trained in, in conventional sciences, it seems hard to believe, but I don't have to believe it. I just do it and it works. So I don't understand the quantum field myself. You know, I just know that time and space are, you know, they're all tangled and tied together and quantum physics is telling that us that. And that's my experience in the field. So just like, I don't know how my cell phone really works, (laughs) but it it works. (laughs) It's sort of like that to me. I don't know know how quantum physics works, but this works. (laughs) That is a great example for people who are, well, I don't want to say naysayers, but for people who don't believe are not open to alternative methods of healing yourself. That's a really good example. We don't all know how a cell phone works. We don't know how a tuning fork works. We don't know how Reiki works, but it does. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And are you so trained in other modalities? Yeah. I am are trained you- in Reiki as well, actually. Yeah. yeah. So. so when you go see a client, I interview a lot of coaches, but when a client comes to you, you're a transformational coach, right? Uh, everybody's mm-hmm. a transformational coach, but mm-hmm. you have different tools that you would use. If someone were coming to you, what do people come to you mostly for? Yeah. I mean, people come for <laughs> to, to, I say like, I help people become unshakable to develop calm and clarity in an uncertain world. And it seems that the people who are drawn to me, you know, many have stress or anxiety. 
They might have sleep issues. Um, yeah, they're dealing me, with me. Yeah, those kinds of things are the people I tend to attract um, who are intrigued by the idea of working in this vibrational way with, with tuning forks. And then also with the way that I approach meditation, because I have the, you know, I, I sort of bring this experience with these tools like the muse and other technology, but I also work on in the direct awakening practices. So I help people um, discover for themselves the, ground of their being this mm -hmm. this true knowing that you are that while everything else is going on in the outside world coming back to this open transparent and place where you're actually always okay all the time mm -hmm. and to sort to learn to source that and really start to trust it um and you know it's something that i mean in 15 minutes, I can, I can guide people into a discovery of their own being that, you know, at the hitting you at the right time can transform your whole life when you see that actually you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings, but you're actually the awareness aware of all of this. And that awareness is still. So everything is moving, but you awareness in this moment are actually still you don't actually go anywhere. Mm. And yeah, so I help people see that for themselves. Yeah, that's a hard concept to grasp. I'm I am a constant as we all are work in progress. Yeah. And I have a challenging time as I think most people do sitting still. Mm -hmm. And and I don't necessarily love to be alone with my thoughts. Yeah. You know, and, and that is, are you helping people be okay with their thoughts or transition to a space where they're not thinking? Uh, neither actually. Okay. Um, tell, yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I'm helping people see that to go beyond thinking. So you said that's a hard concept to grasp. And the reason it is, is you're exactly right is that it, we don't actually find this knowing in thinking. Okay. It isn't a concept. It's actually a beingness, oh, you know, like, yeah. and, but we can actually, I mean, a lot of the, the ancient traditions in Advaita and the Tibetan traditions, which is the one I've studied the most, mm -hmm. the traditions of Mahamudra and Dzogchen are all about how do we work with the mind so we can actually transcend thinking to to come into this beingness that we are because if you can learn to live from beingness then your thinking mind it kind of it's just not important anymore mm -hmm. and when you st stop giving your thinking mind so much significance and importance and you turn away from that back to this beingness it actually um, starts to resolve all on its own so the reason your thinking mind is going so crazy is because yeah. you keep investing in it. Right. I mean, it's like I just said, I can't, it's hard for me. That's because I'm using my thinking mind, mm -hmm. right? Right. And right. I want to make sense of it because I'm one of those people, even though I totally believe in every single thing you're doing and I understand it. Mm, right. I understand it. I don't totally grasp all of it. 
I mean, me, even me, who's like open to every single thing, I have a really challenging time being, mm-hmm. and I need to learn how. So teach us. <laughs> so, like, let's can we just do something for even like five minutes? I minutes? would love that. I okay. would love that. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Okay. So just notice, we'll just like notice, let's go to hearing. So you can close your eyes. If you're, if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but for everybody else, close your eyes and just be aware of sounds that are coming to your ears. So you could hear the sound of my voice and you just know sound. And now ask yourself, can I, effortlessly be aware of sound that sounds are arriving to your ears but it actually isn't requiring any effort to happen you are just aware of sounds as they come to your ears and now notice that something is aware of sounds coming to your ears And this awareness isn't an object. It's actually totally open. So notice that you, awareness, are always here. That nothing needed to... uh, You didn't need to do anything to make awareness happen. So see if you can just feel that. Does that feel true to you, Kim, that there's this knowingness that's always here? Yes. And I, I think most importantly, Holly, is taking the time to stop and close mm-hmm. your eyes and really tune in. Yeah. Right. And feel that. Right. And then notice that awareness isn't coming or going in time so it's the same awareness that's always been here your whole life does that feel true yes and it will be true until the day you die or even beyond right Mm -hmm. it's not going anywhere and that everything the sounds are different than awareness because they come and go just like feelings come and go or thoughts come and go So feel that all of these things that are coming to you, awareness, thoughts, feelings, sounds, if your eyes were open, sights, they're all information. They're really just one thing that is known in awareness. So see if this feels true, that there's one thing, awareness, that everything is just arising too. Does that feel true? Mm -hmm. Yes. And does awareness have any opinions about any of what's arriving in awareness? No. No, right? It's totally agnostic to anything that's arising. And like, who is that awareness? Us, me. You, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... You awareness, actually, I mean, another word, way of saying to you actually accept everything that's arriving in your, as information, 
you're not actually fighting anything that's happening because you awareness are just accepting. The fight only comes because we put up a, we say no. The mind arises and says, no, I don't like that. But before that, you know, before there's this screen of awareness that is the true you, right? Mm-hmm. Does that feel true? Yes, yes. So it means that the ground of our being is essentially already whole and complete just as we are. In this way, we can start to see that we don't actually need to read another book or do a self-improvement project, that you, awareness, are already whole. And that's where we start. Mm. Well, I feel very calm right now, (laughs) just (laughs) unlike me. Is it because we constantly, our mind wants to take control? And we want, well, as we as humans beings just want, we don't like to be out of control. Exactly. Well, so that's, yeah, no, you nailed it. It's that the, the thinking mind or what we would probably call the egoic mind, but it's just a made up idea arises and says, no, it starts saying no. And yes, it's like a character in a play that's deciding to, to like some things and not like other things. But if we take our stand as our true being, which is awareness, which you just felt, mm-hmm. and we sort of, it's like a sitting back or a relaxing into, mm-hmm. then we kind of recognize that there's nothing missing. We're already okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that. I think, I think the, this was such a, this was such a turning point in my life. The moment I felt that actually I'm all, I am already okay and always will be okay. Because what happened was that all of that pain of the earth was a constant feeling like nothing was ever okay. Mm -hmm. And living there is where the suffering is. And then what I discovered was if I found the place where I was always okay, then I could still be the, you know, I could still help. I can still you know, go work on, you know, solving elephant (laughs) crises or, you know, contributing to, you know, Amazon rainforest projects. But I'm, I'm not doing it out of a place of, oh my God, everything's on fire. It's like an, it's an existential crisis of feeling like something is missing and I'm not okay. And I need to fix X so I'll be okay. And really, if we all recognize that we, awareness, our own true beings are okay, we're held in this divinity, if you will, then we source this fundamental power to be able to help in any way possible. We can't be harmed. Like we're not, we're doing it out of love. We're not mm-hmm. doing it out of lack. That's. Ooh. Is it because. And this may not be true, but we have that ingrained fight or flight. Is that sort of the basis of it? Because you hear that everywhere. Everywhere. It's written about everywhere. That that is from back in the 
when humans were first brought onto this earth, that the fight or flight, and that has, has that just been ingrained in us for so long in our DNA that that's what keeps us tense and tight and scared? Yeah, that's such a good question. I do think that, that it's a, it is a part of what's happening, that there's this reality of the biological being that has this mechanism to keep us safe, right? Yeah, That's actually yeah. what it's there for is to right. keep us physically safe and make sure that we know to run if there's a tiger in the forest. Like we're right. supposed to know that. And yet th- now we've turned that into, you know, I miss the the traffic light is, you know, I'm, <laughs> and so now therefore that seems like the crisis. So like that's part of the reality of being in a physical body that mm-hmm. we have to deal with that. But I think that to to kind of blame it on that is missing the point because the, the, the way to save ourselves isn't to, I mean, it helps. There's no question that if, if we're out of balance in our nervous system, Mm -hmm. meditation and these vibrational tools, especially like the ones I use with tuning forks and there's some new amazing tools on the market. I was just helping um, a friend with a device called the Apollo, which is a wristband that mm-hmm. was created by a PhD psychiatrist at University of Pennsylvania called the Apollo. And it it's like a little hug for your body and you wear it and it produces a vibration all day long oh. that they tested on PTSD patients and found incredible benefits from. Ooh. So those are like real practical things that can help people right now to like start to work with vibration in order to help your physical body that basically feels very unsafe by being in the world. And so I'm like a huge believer in the, and not just believer, but practitioner of using these tools to help people right now. Albert Einstein said the future, future of medicine is the medicine of frequencies. Mm. You know, one of our greatest thinkers of our time, he said, future medicine is a medicine of frequencies. Like, why don't we all know that? I don't know. (laughs) That's not taught. That's left out of the books. (laughs) Completely. And, you know, and so this vibe, but but actually vibrational healing is totally, and wellness is totally on the rise now, and people are recognizing the power of vibration and sound. So all is to say that I think using those vibrational tools to help people with real problems like stress and anxiety and PTSD are, yes, let's do all those things. And if we can source what we just went through in this little exercise together and recognize that actually it's like a recognition that the fundamental nature of your being is whole, um, kind of like chops the kind of chops the the problem off you know it kind of cuts cuts the the thinking mind you know and and um really allows for this deeper knowing to just flower yeah to flourish and blossom and grow exactly so I like in my work I'm like bringing both I'm saying here are the vibrational tools to help your body right now and let's release trauma and let's help you day to day and let's get to the truth of who you really are as a whole beautiful being, you know, which wow. that's so awaken, heal, breathe, which is my, what I created to help people on that path is designed to kind of bring those two together um, mm-hmm. to as quickly as possible, help people. 
Well, because that's what we all want. We want a quick fix, right? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to be feel well soon, soon as possible. Absolutely. Tomorrow. I get it. Yesterday. Right. I want to feel better a hundred percent. And by and the way, the- I want you know, I want to feel better even if, you know, the world is on fire, which it's right. we can't wait for the world to be better so that we can be okay. That's the other real message. Well, that's what you learned. That's a big one. And I think that with everything that's going on with the floods, well, I don't know floods right now, but hurricanes, certainly fires, mudslides, whatever it is, people do have that fear Mm -hmm. and that sense of, again, loss of control. And is the world going to be okay? There are those, of course, who do not believe in global warming. And obviously there are those who do. And, we have to take care of ourselves is what I'm getting. We have to find our inner self because how are we going to help anybody else? Honestly, if we don't help ourselves. Exactly. That's exactly right. Like we have to find our inner stability first, you know, be, be that for ourselves. And then we will find and resource the capacity to be with all the people and world we care about. And that became my mission. Like I realized, oh, the actually the best way for me to help the planet is help the people who live on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the animals that are the problem. It's the people that are suffering. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. How many times do people usually work with you before they feel at least a sense of release or relief? Yeah. I mean, I, I find that people like in the biofield tuning work, um, I recommend at least three sessions. Um, and I find that, yeah, definitely after, I mean, sometimes, honestly, after one session, people find relief there, you know, and then they continue to work with me because they find more and more. Well, um, yeah. we always have lots of pieces. We're like that piece of marble that Michelangelo chipped away at. You unveil something new, reveal something new with every little chip. And if you want to get to the beauty within the marble, then you need to really keep going. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's like an onion or I love that, you know, a marble, the chipping away. And so, but yeah, I mean, absolutely people feel better after one session of, of the biofield tuning. I also do a a really amazing breathwork technique called breath Mm. of love that I Mm. learned from my teacher, Julia Mick. And I, I bring that in because the power of breath to heal is just phenomenal. Um, and so I marry, marry all three. I was just asking for a friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Of course, being perfect as I am, uh, not that I would need any assistance. I really do. I have, uh, we are going to have to round up here, but I have been in like a yoga class with sound healing and someone has done some tuning forks Mm -hmm. and, what's it called um, where you they just sound they, bath well yeah that too but where someone will speak you know it's like light music or light oh, singing mm-hmm. or I don't mm-hmm. know I can't remember what it's called but it was pretty incredible but that was in a group setting and I think I need some tuning yeah in, on my own <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is no question that the private sessions where we work I work just in a specific you know field yeah. of one person is it's very powerful Um, and that, you know, those general sessions are healing and therapeutic. There's no doubt, but we can actually get very personal with, 
you know, any specific traumas that happened and, and work to heal them. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's powerful. Holly, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for guiding us on that little tiny step into awareness of ourselves that we are aware. Awareness is us. I really feel like that was very powerful in such a short amount of time. And I thank you for giving that gift to all of us to help us ignite our sparks. You're so, so welcome. And again, I'm just delighted to be here and share share these oh. tools. I want so much for everyone to f- discover their own wholeness and well-being and so that we can all, you know, help humanity wake up together and discover the true joy and love and reclaim that, which is our birthright. It's what we are mm. all here for. Yeah. Beautiful. Holly, where can people find you? My uh, website's heartmindalchemy.com. And I've got, you know, links to, I'm actually teaching a course in vibrational alchemy. Yeah, starting in October with uh, another friend, Amy Green. And in this course, you actually get shipped to three tuning forks and an essential oil. And I teach you, um, we teach you like a daily routine to bring these vibrational tools into your life. So that's actually coming up in a couple weeks. If people are interested, they can find it out about it on courses in my website. Okay. I will put that link in the show notes, of course, for everyone to find. And wow, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. And to all of my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I do hope that you experienced a little bit more awareness, maybe even some clarity and some cleansing through that lovely meditation that Holly led us through so that you may continue to go on and you know what I'm going to say, ignite your spark. Shine on, friends. Walk through life. Every day is a new beginning. Shine your light. It's a day 